Trails are connectors. They guide us from one place to another, but the path is rarely linear. And the movement is less about the destination and more about the connections we make along the way, with the land, with each other, and with ourselves. The Appalachian Trail winds 2,190 miles up the eastern spine of the United States. Though connected in 1937, the trail, the people who walk it, the animals who call it home, and the landscape it follows are ever-evolving. Where We Walk is a special six-part series made in collaboration with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy with support from REI that explores the women who help make the trail what it is today. And those who will help shape its future. Okay, I already know the answer to this question, but what's your name? <laughs> Sloan. Sloan what? Strab. Sloan's my six-year-old niece. She loves going to the beach, building fairy houses in her backyard, and searching for four-leaf clovers. She's also new to mountain biking. And I went up a hill, and I went down a hill. Sloan has yet to step foot on the Appalachian Trail, but isn't a stranger to loving the reward of a view at the top of a mountain. You know, like, the mountain that has, like, the, the end where you can see a bunch of the lakes? You know, I haven't been on that hike, but I bet it was pretty. Yeah. So do you think that kids should spend a lot of time outside? Mm-hmm. Because you get to explore and enjoy. What do you think about when you think about having fun outdoors? So it makes me feel happy. I'm Gail Straub, host of She Explores, and your guide through episode three of Where We Walk, in which we explore some of the long-lasting impacts of introducing kids and young people to paths like the Appalachian Trail. Above all else, this episode is about hope, the hope that exposing children to enriching outdoor experiences will cultivate a lifelong relationship with nature. We were the only mother-daughter thru-hike team that we came across or heard about. This is Lori Lowe. It was her oldest daughter Erin's idea to hike the Appalachian Trail in 2018 after she graduated from college, but her youngest daughter graduated early from high school to join in on the fun. Lori has always prided herself on treating her daughters and son equally, giving them lots of room to explore the outdoors, their gender identities, and their passions. But she was nervous about her two daughters hiking the trail on their own. And I thought, all right, I'm going to get on the trail with them and I'll go as far as I need to go until I feel comfortable letting them go on their own. And I fell in love with the experience. It wasn't about sticking around to protect her daughters. Lori couldn't let the trail go. After her youngest had to get off the trail due to an injury, she stayed on and walked all the way to Katahdin. For Lori and her daughters, the AT through hike was transformative for their relationship. As a kid, Lori went from caring for her younger siblings to working in a nursing home to put herself through college to raising her three children. What they really gave me was the opportunity to just be myself. And I had been a caregiver my whole life. And for them to let me off the hook and say, look, we love that you're here, but we don't need you to take care of us. That was huge for me. Um, it, it allowed me to be my own person and to uh, have my own adventure and, and, and explore things on my own. We didn't always 
hike together. Um, we all hiked at our own pace. And just having that permission from them to say, you do your experience and your your adventure and, and let us coexist. That was that was really big for me. Lori began to see her daughters as young adults, as trail equals. And she's hopeful that their experience on the AT taught them lessons about femininity that would extend beyond the trail. I think it's important for young women, especially, to see that it's okay for them to take care of themselves. They don't always have to be the giver. For them to take that time for their their body, their mind, their soul, I think that's just really important. Uh, it took me a long time to figure that out, um, and I will forever be changed now that I've unlocked that door, and that's beautiful. Oh, that is beautiful. Is there anything else that you hope that your daughters carry with them from, from their Appalachian Trail experience? I just, I really want them to know. I mean, there were a lot of people that doubted that we could do it, so Aaron and I we hiked the entire length of the trail in three months and 20 days. And we'd taken that time before she, she was getting her first job as a, as a teacher. And so we needed to get back quick. So it was do it quick or don't do it at all. But we had a lot of people that were, oh, you can't do that. You know, you're, you're not able, you're not capable. But I just really want them to always remember that they're strong enough and they're good enough and they're smart enough and they're capable. And I think the trail proved that to them, that they can, they can do anything they set their mind to. One thing that strikes me about Lori's AT story is the reciprocal nature of the trail. Lori expected to take care of her daughters, but it often ended up being the other way around. It was a common theme that I heard from the women I talked with about introducing children and young adults to the trail. Just as time in nature is beneficial for young people, spending time outside with youth is beneficial for adults and parents and teachers. It's also integral to the future of the trail. Learning outside is how children learn naturally, and that's how we, for millennia, that's how people have learned, is through experience. Um, it's only this you know, modern experience of 200 or so years of putting kids in square rooms where you learn everything. So I think that, you know, our DNA hasn't caught up with our experiences in modern education. So by going outside, they learn more than you could possibly teach in a classroom, because that's how it, that's how it's always been done. You learn through experience. And, and that's what happens when you get out on the trail. And hopefully they fall in love with the trail and with the outdoors, and then want to bring it more into their lives for the rest of their lives. When I think back to being a kid, I was lucky to spend hours running through the woods behind my house, looking up close at wildflowers and reaching into the soil to dig for potatoes. But I never had class on the trail, so it was pretty cool to talk with the teacher who believes in the power of taking kids outside to learn. My name is Sue Garcia. I teach uh, science in an elementary school. I normally teach third, fourth, and fifth graders. This upcoming year, I will be teaching first through fifth uh, because we're going remote. So I, I also teach in an inner city school. So a lot of my students are of low income. And yeah, there's just a lot going on in their lives. 
Sue is also a co-chair of ATEACH, or the Appalachian Trail Education Advisory Council. Their goal is to facilitate education through the trail, and one of the ways they do this is by inviting teachers to the trail to learn how they can best incorporate it into their curriculum. Everything from regular elementary teachers to we've had foreign language teachers and art and music teachers, history teachers, basically a K-12 program. So any teacher who is interested in teaching outside doing service-based project learning, um, we invite them to come to a workshop and we help them introduce them about what uh, place-based service learning is. And then they then develop curriculum that meets their standards using the trail. And we help them do that. So that's one thing we do. Another thing we're doing right now, which is a lot of fun, is we started this program where we're doing hour-long Zoom calls along the trail from Georgia to Maine. And teachers and a uh, trail person or another person involved with the trail is putting together a program where kids and parents can watch it at home because so many children are being homeschooled this year or remote learning. So that is something we just started. And each month, a different state will be presenting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a great program. And it's starting from Georgia to Maine, but we have so many people interested. We decided we're going to go from back Maine to Georgia. <laughs> Before the pandemic, and hopefully in the future, Sue connects her students with the outdoors by taking them to the trail as part of their classes. For many, it's their first time setting foot on the AT, and her hope is that they're building a lifelong relationship with nature. But there are other benefits, too. It's funny, I, I, I feel like as a kid, I never really connected with my science classes, and I think it's mostly because so much of it was taught from a book. Like, nothing felt like it was hands-on. Do you have any examples of how kids react when they're out in nature from a learning perspective? Everything suddenly falls into place. Like, the, I, as a science teacher, I don't believe in reading about science. Uh, it's all hands-on in my classroom anyway. But whatever we have done in class, it's still in a classroom and it's within four walls. But when we get outside, suddenly it all makes sense. It's like the light bulb or the dot to dot has now been connected. They learned the material. They understand what we're talking about. Like for one example is um, I did a whole unit on invasive species and they learned about the different invasives on the trail, the plant invasives. And then we went on a scavenger hunt on the trail to find them all. And suddenly when they would see what the invasives were doing and how they were strangling a tree or they were completely covering an area, suddenly it made sense of why we need to stop that from happening. So it, it all just kind of falls into place when they're outside. When I was researching Sue, I saw that she took her class onto the trail to search for fractals, a mathematical shape that repeats forever and is found in nature once you know what to look for. What is that like for the kids to to see those patterns that exist in nature? They saw them everywhere. So we started with them looking at books and looking at photos in the classroom. Then we went outside in the schoolyard and looked around there. But when we got outside, everywhere they looked, they were seeing patterns. And they were taking pictures with iPads, and then they made little movies out of them, describing the fractals and what they were and where they found them and things like that. It took this big concept and made it totally real for them. And one of the things that I love about hearing about this too is that 
there's science and then there's always overlaps, you know, with science and, and math. And it's cool to hear about those as they come up in lessons, you know, with fractals. And and then there's you start thinking about it in terms of kids making connections. There's then an overlap to history, you know, with a trail. When you start thinking about the places it goes through and the people who inhabited the areas. And so it's just kind of fun to think about all the potential for learning <laughs> that exists. You could teach every single subject. I, I could think of an activity for every subject, including, you know, foreign languages. Music, plays, and art are so ingrained in being outdoors. If you just think about music, you can listen to the wind and the trees, and you the kids can, they hear things um, in the woods, and then we talk about them, and, and it would be so easy to put it to song and things like that. I've written songs with kids um, and musicians coming into my room about the trail where they write the words about the trail. um, And then he would put them to music. Uh, There's just so much, so much you could do. So how can other teachers along the trail get involved and, and start folding in, you know, nature as part of their curriculum and the trail as part of their curriculum? I would guide them first to our website and to the education section. And there's so much there. There is so much curriculum that has been written that is free and available to any teacher who wants to use it. Um, That would be the first thing I would say. And then please get involved in workshops. There are workshops every year. And in the spring, hopefully in the spring, as long as we're able to, we will be doing workshops in multiple states uh, for teachers you know, I would invite them all to get in contact with us and ask about potential workshops or ask questions, say, you know, I'm a, I teach this curriculum. Do you have some ideas of things that I could use? And I'm sure we could send, we could, you know, hook them up with different curriculum on our websites or um, on our, on our Facebook or or any of our other places. Um, Because there's tons of curriculum out there that teachers who have taken our courses have written as part of their coursework. And it's all out there for free for teachers to use. Teachers, you can find the curriculum at trailtoeveryclassroom.blogspot.com. I'll make sure to link it in the show notes. And if you have reservations about taking your students outside, Sue wanted to leave you with a piece of wisdom. Some teachers are very... um, hesitant because they they worry about how students will behave in the class outside we all have kids in our classes who you know they're either fidgety or they have behavioral problems or things like that and one of the things that i have found because i've been teaching for 25 years and i've been taking kids outside all of that time i've been working with the trail for 10 years but i've always taken kids outside and hiking and, and things like that and what i find is that the children who have the most difficulty in classrooms are the best behaved on the trail because part of the reason that they're fidgety or having trouble in the classroom is that their mind is outside of the classroom. And when you get them outside, they end up being role models for the rest of your class, which it's, it's wonderful to see the tables turned and give them the opportunity to really shine. So um, for teachers who are hesitant about it because of behavioral reasons, or maybe they don't even feel comfortable, I would say, go hiking, go outside, even just use a park. And then from there, build on. And you will find that the kids just, they rise to the occasion always. I've walked with kids like fourth fourth graders, third graders, and I challenge them to be silent for five minutes. 
just to hike for five minutes without making a sound, which in a classroom would never happen. You'll say to them five minutes and my timer will go off and nobody makes a sound and they just keep walking. I've had fourth graders hike for like 15, 16 minutes without making a sound. And sometimes we'll be hiking along and I have to stop the silence because there's something I want to teach them about along the trail. And they're like, wait, we're listening. And I'm like, oh man, (laughs) they were doing such a great job. Kids will always amaze you if you get outside because it, it tunes into their natural way of being and their natural way of learning. If I had all the money in the world, I would buy equipment, I would buy buses, I would hire people to spread the word to bring kids out onto the trail. The next woman you'll hear from is also co-chair of A-Teach, and she's taking action locally to help get more young people on the trail with their families. My name is Jan Onan, and I started hiking on the AT probably 20 years ago, just around where I live in Hot Springs is our closest access point. But back in 2008, I I work in the school system and I met two teachers that became friends with, and we had developed this hiking group called the Babes in the Woods. And one of the teachers saw that the Appalachian Trail Conservancy was offering a professional teacher development and we applied as a team and got in and it was the most amazing and the best professional development I have ever had. Jan's retired now, but she worked as a sign language interpreter in schools. This experience with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy inspired her to start an initiative with her local club, the Carolina Mountain Club, to help get more kids into nature. So we set up a challenge that's eight hikes on eight different land managements and we usually hike on the Appalachian Trail at Max Patch which is one of the most beautiful bulbs. Jan called it the Youth Partnership Challenge which challenges Carolina Mountain Club members to go on these hikes with kids. Jan told me that she learned more about how to just be in the outdoors from kids than she did anywhere else in her life whether through raising her own children or through the Youth Partnership Challenge. For myself, I would hike for social reasons, emotional reasons, physical, because it's my exercise. And I love hiking with somebody else and connecting with them. And usually that was a friend or my husband or kids. And when I went, at first when I started hiking with kids, I was okay, come on, let's go. We're going to this, this, and this. And I was ready to teach. The teacher and me came out. But right away, I was like watching them observe. And it slowed me down. And I think the, the first time we, we did this big aquatic thing in a lesson and observed bugs, and we were going to hike two more miles after that. And the kids were enjoying the water so much. I thought, this is what it's about. So I sat back and watched, and they played in the water, and it was magical. And the other time was I was hiking in the wilderness with the kids, and this girl stopped dead in her tracks. The river is down below us. It were really thick in the woods, 
and it's kind of dark because it's all shadowy. And she said, oh, look, look, it's pink. Look at the light. <laughs> and I, we looked and sure enough, the shadows of the leaves were just flickering on the ground. And she just was so thrilled that it was pink and yellow. And that to me was golden. Now, I, when I walk with kids in the woods, I really try and listen and look to what they need and find out when I can add leave no trace information that kind of fits in and really talk about public lands. Jan's hope is that kids working on the Youth Partnership Challenge gives them a sense of purpose and an appreciation for trails. My hope is that they'll have They'll find a connection to their life and find a passion in nature, however that looks for them, whether it be building a garden in their yard or going on a hike with a friend, but really, I think respecting, learning to respect nature, not being afraid of being outside. And I think those early experiences are so crucial to providing a safe, environment and in a safe place in the outdoors where you're also taking some risks like you're going to slip on a rock and fall maybe but we're right there and doing those miles and those accomplishments and those those great feelings afterwards those are the things that I hope that they remember and the golden light the pink light and the salamanders that they find those are the things I hope that they carry with them through adulthood that they can come back and either volunteer or find a career that incorporates making the earth a better place for everybody. Definitely keeping like the Appalachian Trail corridor open and hopefully hiking it someday. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, that would be so cool. Talk about connection. My name is Maimuna Sabri, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia, so I'm an inner city girl. <laughs> with all this talk about hope for the future, I was so excited to speak with Maimuna, a high school student in Atlanta. Maimuna recently participated in the Next Gen Forest Ambassador Program, in which students aged 14 to 16 take place in an outdoor youth summit. There, they're introduced to outdoor stewardship and complete a stewardship experience, as well as receive hands-on training opportunities. For 2020, it was virtual, but typically it takes place over four days in Chattahoochee National Forest. So what was it about it that made you want to get involved? Uh, One, just feeling more connected to nature because I live in the city. I kind of have to go farther if I want to go to like natural parks or like hike and stuff. I mean, there's always Stone Mountain, but it's harder to be in, like, large natural spaces like forests or hiking trails and stuff like that. And I wanted to feel more connected because back then it was going to be this retreat in the mountains, being in nature, like kind of like a camping trip. So I was really interested in having that experience because I never really had it before. Hmm. Oh, that must have been disappointing with COVID that it couldn't happen. Yeah, it kind of was. But it still ended up being a fun experience and interesting and 
knowledgeable experience that I learned a lot from. So, so what are some of those things that you did learn? It was really interesting how they were able to do it because we had one workshop where there literally was someone holding up a camera um, on Zoom, recording <laughs> the other person who was walking through the forest, showing us all these different type of plants, animals, some of the things, not animals, but mostly plants and trees and stuff like that. And they showed us what we could eat, plants that looked like the ones that you can't eat and how to tell the difference and stuff like that. So it was really cool. Did you feel like invigorated to want to to go and discover the trail in the future? Yeah, I've always been interesting, like interested in hiking and stuff. I don't know necessarily about camping. I haven't always been that interested in sleeping out in the woods, but I was curious about the experience. But I I am interested in hiking and like just walking through the forest. I think it's very calming. But I think it would also be really cool to actually know what I'm walking around. So that's how that workshop would have helped. Yeah, definitely. Why Why do you think it's important that kids and, and teenagers see a place for themselves in the outdoors? I would say mainly because the outdoors was like our natural home. It's the environment and the earth is like the one planet that we know of, the one planet in our solar system that can actually support life. And so I feel like our life specifically. And I feel like if we feel more connected to nature, we feel more connected to the earth, then we'll be more inclined to protect it. And it really does be protecting right now. And so like everyone says, it all starts with the youth because they're the future. So if we get the youth connected, connected to the earth, connected to nature and their environment, then they'll be more inclined to protect it. We can maybe stop all these problems that we're facing with the environment. Would you say that like kids in your class, you know, just at school, how do they feel about the environment and and hoping to protect it? Well, there's kind of like two groups, maybe more. There's like the one group of the other kids who applied with me to NextGen. So I'm sure they feel some type of connection. And (laughs) then there's the other group that just doesn't really care, you know, and like, a lot of times it's not considered cool to care about the environment, which really doesn't make sense to me because what's cooler than, you know, not breathing in polluted air or, you know, <laughs> not getting uh, some type of poisoning from your water or like being able to go outside. What's cooler than all these things that we could have if we prevented the problems that we have today, like with climate change? and pollution and all this stuff. Like what's cooler than living in a healthy world? And like, if you don't care about the environment or about nature, then you won't ever experience it. I love that. (laughs) That's great. So, um, you know, I know you have not yet stepped foot on that AT, which means that there's a lot of potential for the future there. What are some of the things that you hope for, for the AT? Like if you think out 25 years, what, what do you hope for the future of it? Well, I would just say that more people like me who've never been do actually get the chance to go and see it and really connect with it. And then by, by connecting with the Appalachian Trail, they're able to connect more with nature in general, like I've been, have been saying before. And they feel more inclined to protect it and preserve it so that other people can experience it as well. And the cycle will keep going for us to start caring about our world a little more. 
It's imperative that we in the outdoor community invest in our youth so that they help protect the future of the trails we walk. But we equally need to focus on issues that affect our environment and the plants, animals, and people that inhabit it today. So as much as this episode has been about hope, it's also about action. We just heard from four incredible women in the last half hour. But you don't have to be a teacher, a thru-hiker, or a volunteer to introduce a child to the outdoors. Consider this a call for all you parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and mentors out there to take a kid outside. But once you do that, once you take them out there, let them lead the way. Learn more about the Appalachian Trail Conservancy's youth outreach program on AppalachianTrail.org. And if you have young kids and would like to take your family out on the trail, we've linked their family hike planning guide in the show notes. Thank you to Lori Lowe, Sue Garcia, Jan Onan, and Maymuna Sabri for contributing to this episode of Where We Walk, Stories of the Appalachian Trail, made in collaboration with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy with support from REI. If you want to learn more about these women and what we talked about today, their handles and blogs are listed in the show notes and via the episode landing page on she-explorers.com. This was part three of the Where We Walk mini-series. Tune in next Monday for episode four. And in the meantime, a new episode of She Explores is available on Wednesday. This episode was hosted by me, Gail Straub, with Laura Borchevsky. Where We Walk is a She Explores mini-series and a production of Ravel Media.